48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories. The head of a pro-Beijing union calls on Carrie Lam to come out of hiding. Police issue a warning ahead of this afternoon's planned rally. And President Trump says the US has been discussing a new nuclear weapons pact with Russia. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Alice Mack from the Federation of Trade Unions says part of the problem with the weeks of protests and unrest is that the government, and especially Chief Executive Carrie Lam, have become invisible. Mrs Lam has only been seen a handful of times since the protests began over two months ago, while the Legislative Council was suspended two weeks early. Here's Ms Mack. I think the Chief Executive is doing something, trying to um, solve the problem and lead Hong Kong through this difficult time. But the problem is... Uh, her work is not to be seen. Uh, our puppet knows nothing about what she's doing now. So I think the <coughs> most important thing is the government should let the, should engage the public in the process. We need to make the process transparent to the public and the people of Hong Kong know what the government is doing. The police have warned that officers will take decisive action if people at a protest in Mong Kok this afternoon block roads or charge at officers. Timmy Sung reports. Senior Superintendent Kelvin Zhang called on protesters to disperse at the end point at Cherry Street Park in Tai Kok Chow, as he can't hold too many people. The route was changed after the appeal board unexpectedly overturned a police ban on the event. Meanwhile, the police have so far received five applications to hold rallies in Admiralty, Mong Kok, Wong Tai Sin, Tai Po and Tuen Mun to coincide with a general strike planned on Monday. Officers said they are discussing with the organisers and will decide whether to grant approvals after risk assessments. Senior Superintendent Ng Lok Chen noted there have been online calls to disrupt traffic, such as surrounding bus depots. He urged people to express their views in a peaceful manner. Two months of protests, which began with anti-extradition demonstrations, have seen increasing levels of unrest. People have been arrested for rioting, while police have been accused of using unnecessary force. The leader of one of Hong Kong's biggest business groups says they don't support a general strike called for Monday over the extradition saga. The president of the Chinese Manufacturers Association, Dennis Ng, says a strike will damage the economy and might lead to the government taking an even stronger stand. Meanwhile, the honorary chairman of the Federation of Hong Kong Industries, Jimmy Kwok, called on people to minimise disruption to others. He said businesses can only control such things as salary and benefits, while political considerations are beyond their remit. For the political reasons, the employers couldn't do anything. If only for the benefits of the employees, it's easy for any employers to consider whether the cost is affordable and is it necessary, and that would be a solution uh, as soon as possible. But politically, I'm sure no employers could have that um, decision to call off. Labour Party legislator Fernando Cheung says the strike is needed to press the government to respond to protesters' demands, as they have been ignored for weeks. We're not forcing, and there's no one that has the power to force anyone to go on strike. This is a completely voluntary measure. Uh, this is also a peaceful measure. So this is time, I think, for adults, for people who, would, who wouldn't want to see further bloodshed or even uh, perhaps lives could be lost 
in the coming confrontations. Um, the one step that we can take is to go on strike. President Trump says the United States has been discussing a new nuclear weapons pact with Russia hours after Washington formally withdrew from a key Cold War treaty. Mr Trump said that a pact where each side reduced their nuclear arsenals would be a great thing for the world. He said China would also probably have to be involved. President Trump's nominee to be director of U.S. National Intelligence has withdrawn from consideration for the role. John Ratcliffe, a Republican congressman from Texas, faced intense questioning about whether he had the necessary experience for the role. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports from Washington. John Ratcliffe was seen as a Trump loyalist who had impressed the president with his aggressive questioning of the former special counsel Robert Mueller during a recent congressional hearing. President Trump said he believed Mr. Radcliffe had been treated very unfairly by the media, but that he respected his decision to withdraw his name. The agency's deputy director, Sue Gordon, is being considered for the position of acting head, and Mr. Trump said he would announce a new nominee for the permanent post in the coming days. You're listening to RTHK. The time is a little after five minutes past one. The man coordinating official efforts to tackle the spread of Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo says only about half of the cases are currently being identified. Jean-Jacques Moembe warned that the outbreak could continue for another three years. Sudan's ruling military council and the main opposition coalition have agreed a constitutional declaration which will pave the way for a transitional government. The African Union mediator for Sudan, Mohamed Hassan Lebat, made the announcement at a news conference in the early hours of Saturday at the end of two days of talks. BBC's Youssef Taha reports. Mr Lebat gave no details of the declaration, but the mere announcement of the long-awaited deal was enough to trigger celebrations in Sudan. It is believed that the paramilitary rapid support forces, which have been accused of killing protesters, will now fall under the chief of the armed forces, and the much-feared General Intelligence Service will be co-supervised by the Sovereign Council and the Cabinet. Popular protests broke out in Sudan last December over bread and fuel price hikes. In April, they brought down President Omar al-Bashir, who ruled the country for nearly 30 years. But doubts remain over whether the military is really prepared to allow a transition to civilian government. To sport now, and there's one name on the lips of every cricket fan after the second day of the first Ashes Test. England's Rory Burns scored his maiden test century as his side reached 267 for four at stumps, just 17 behind Australia's first innings score. Burns, whose form was in question before the series began, was 125 not out at stumps. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, I had two brothers to play with when I was younger, and, and that's something that uh, you know, I've always dreamed of. So, um, to actually get it, you know, I was at 99 for quite a while there, and uh, yeah, to get over the line, it's awesome. Yeah, you're in the 90s for a while. Is, is, is the nervous 90s a thing? <laughs> no, I was actually quite calm throughout it. I was just trying to wait for a ball that was really in my area, just uh, you know, nudge it in a gap and get going and back my uh, back my sprinting. So um, yeah, it was awesome. To football, and the Argentina captain, Lionel Messi, has been banned from international football for three months after describing the Copa America as corrupt. The Barcelona forward was sent off in Argentina's 2-1 third-place playoff win over Chile. He later said that the cup was fixed for Brazil. He has seven days to appeal. And one of the longest-running sagas of the summer transfer window looks set for a conclusion, with Manchester United set to get their man. The England central defender, Harry Maguire, is on the brink of moving to Old Trafford from Leicester. The BBC's John Bennett has the latest. 
Maguire's been a, a big Manchester United target, not just this summer in England, but last summer too. They finally got their man. It's been clear that he wanted the move as well. He'll be leaving Leicester for £80 million. That's around $100 million. That's a record for a defender, a world record for a defender. Staying with transfers and the Manchester City boss, Pep Guardiola, has faced speculation all summer that one of his key men, Leroy Sane, will be moving to Bayern Munich. Guardiola said that won't be happening, though he's not too concerned by the gossip. No, I'm not disappointed. First, because I know them, most of them. And I know how it works this world. So everybody talks and talks. Also, I talk too much sometimes. and So no, really not. So I know how it works this world. So keep the secrets or keep them doing everything for the other one. No offense. I'm pretty sure they don't do it offense <clears throat> most of the times. The Australian swimmer, Shana Jack, has said she'll fight to clear her name after failing a drugs test at last month's World Championships in South Korea. The positive test for a banned anabolic agent embarrassed Australian swimming, with the result emerging just days after Olympic champion Mac Horton's high-profile protest against Chinese rival Sun Yang. Jack spoke after speaking to anti-doping officials in Brisbane. It's been a really long and emotional day, but um, we've started the process, which is really great, and I'm... I'm really happy with how everything's going and I am not going to stop until I prove my innocence and um, fight to get myself back in the pool because that's my dream and I'm never going to let that go. To be completely honest, Swimming Australia has been nothing but supportive with me and we've been a unit through the whole, whole process. Every decision that we've made has been together and we um, are very happy with every decision we've made. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The head of a pro-Beijing union calls on Carrie Lam to come out of hiding. Police issue a warning ahead of this afternoon's planned rally. And President Trump says the US has been discussing a new nuclear weapons pact with Russia. That's the news from RTHK. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes of note. First, our featured album, the latest from thumping punk rock bluegrass band, the Quebec Redneck Bluegrass Project. And a selection of hot new tracks from a lot of places on the planet. As always, Giovanetti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first musical theme, our featured album from celebrated punk rock bluegrass band from Quebec, the Quebec Redneck Bluegrass Project. They're also known by their initials, QRBP. Uh, they have quite a story. I interviewed them uh, previously, something like three, four years ago, uh, at another edition of the Francophonie in Montréal, in Quebec, and I missed them this year by one day. They were just coming back from some remote place on the north coast of uh, the uh, Saint Laurent River. They, they've released a new album, uh, which I haven't played yet. It's uh, not this year, not last year, a few years more. But when I interviewed them last, they were had just released their previous album, which was good. But this new one is even better. And therefore, we start off with the first track. The album is called, by the way, Royal Regine. 
in uh, French, and I have to say that I'm stumped for the second word, regain. I have never seen that word before. Royal regain, as it may translate.